0: Plugged in to the Outlet Radio Show with Azania Shang Hello, hello, hello listeners Thank you for plugging into the Outlet Radio Show I'm your host, Zania Schenge And uh, before we jump into this interview Which I am so excited about We have to acknowledge The man in the room that is holding me down On sound in the background Mr. V. Jeffrey Smith Thank you for being here again Thank you so much, sir Thank you, thank you He hates this moment of the show Which is why I love it so much (laughs) Okay Oh my god, y'all Okay so, <laughs> my guest today, he is an, an amazing writer and author. At one time or another, he was an editor. Um, yeah. He is ridiculous. Like, <laughs> I can't wait to get into it. But let me just start with his name. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Selwyn Seifu Hines. That's me.
1: Thank you.
0: Hi, Selwyn. Oh my god, I've been wanting to <laughs> have you on this show for a minute I
1: was here Like a minute Like,
0: Man, you know your boy Guy Rute has been talking you up to me for the longest time mm, So I that. knew that at some point you were going to be a guest on the show
1: I'm so happy to be here. I didn't
0: know who I would have to rob or pay <laughs> or kill, but I was like, he's gonna be a guess, guest
1: on this show. So
0: you know, anything exciting happening now? Nothing?
1: Do you anything know, major? Anything? Uh, well, should we should we bury should we bury the lead? Anything yeah. taking place?
0: Anything? That you, well,
1: this is um we are talking literally twenty four hours maybe. <laughs> um Pretty after much. uh The world found out that I was writing a new series for HBO. Yeah, Um, yeah. See? So it's been a busy day. I feel like the (laughs) biggest fisherman in the
0: world. I'm like, look at the catch I got. Within the week uh. of this news coming out, you're on my show, so I'm, I'm feeling really... Nah, you're
1: definitely early on the block. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm feeling really yeah. excited
0: about having you on the show shortly after yeah, this announcement. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you, thank this you. This is pretty major.
1: Thank you. We, we'll, we'll get to that. and excited to talk about that, but... Uh, this is- yeah, man, if, uh, if screenwriting is a video game with lots of levels and you beat the big boss at every level, this is like the biggest boss so right. far, so I'm a I'm I'm cloud man right now.
0: I'm happy for yeah. you. Thank
1: you, darling, thank you, darling.
0: So guys, we're going to start, I'm going to take us back, because I think... The more that you understand about this man's journey, the more you will appreciate how incredible this moment is. Now, it's it's an incredible accomplishment for any screenwriter, but when you hear this man's story, <laughs> it's like wow, this is like an amazing, amazing moment Aww, in his career, yeah. and he's had a lot of amazing moments. So this is like spectacular. <laughs> All right, let's well. let's talk about your. Beginning. I mean, we're not going to go too far back. Yeah, but you yeah. did say you came here when you were fifteen. Well,
1: yes. you, the the thing to know about me, aside from the fact that I'm a writer and a storyteller, is I am a Guyanese. Yeah, I'm a GT boy. Yeah, a GT banner. Right, I'm an immigrant. That if is you like... follow
0: him on Instagram, you know that this is <laughs> a huge source of pride for him. <laughs> yeah, man.
1: Now that's my. That's my. You know, we all have like our. Distinguishing factors in our superhero origin story, mm-hmm. you know, like that's mine, you know, I'm, yes. I'm from Ghana, you know, came here in 85, Brooklyn, Flatbush, yeah. you know, big up with the rest of the Caribbean people. And, uh, you know, came here in the midst, in the middle of the golden age of hip hop. Um, I mean, I think I came off the plane and they were playing Lottie Dottie. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> so I was I was just captive and captured right away, you yeah. know, and it was also the crack era, right? Wow. So, you know, I stepped into New York in this, like, mythological time mm-hmm. that's just so much going on, and that just imprinted on me, you know, right away. And yeah. then um, Brooklyn also began this, like, cultural observers thing that I've always had that I think really served me well as a journalist and then later a the screenwriter because I was always – you know, when you come from the Caribbean, you come from Guyana, you come from anywhere, right? You mm-hmm. come to a new place, you're trying to figure out what is going on. You right. know, we're trying to start out the the A's and the B's and the C's and the D's, right? Mm-hmm. And for me, because my parents are Guyanese and we're always jumping from one thing to another, looking for a new <laughs> opportunity, they got the good job. Of, you know, we, right. we, so we came to Brooklyn, then we went to Freeport, and then we went to Miami, and every move is a new place, a new culture, a new people. You know, I go to Freeport from Brooklyn, it's like okay, it's a little gutter out here, too, and there's white people here. I don't know how that works. Mm -hmm. That's a new thing. We go to Miami. There's Cubans. There's, like, you know, it's a whole different ecosystem. I go to college. I come back to the Northeast. I go to college at Princeton, right? And, Mm -hmm. like, in the same class with cats like Rupert Murdoch's son. And, like, Mm -hmm. you know, this is a whole different kind of thing to me altogether, right? And, you know, I'm trying to, like, figure out how I can get through school and get some food and get some books and, you know, and there's, like, right. billionaire cats next to me. <laughs> 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 but, now nah, but Princeton was great, you know, just to slow down a little bit. Like, Princeton gave me my lifelong crew you know like my, my my brethren outside of my brethren from ghana my brethren from princeton Atlanta, my closest friends my boy mark my girl alicia who i know Who's uh, on bless your air airways hines. alicia hines the big up the hines uptown camp you know <laughs> my brethren g battle it's, it's just a whole a whole bunch of us it's actually a really funny story fast forward a few years when um i, I created this company with russell simmons called 360 hip-hop wow. And, of course, I just hired, like, my whole crew, right? Mm-hmm. And we used to go from Russell's office, and Russell used to be like, wait, wait, so um, you went to Princeton, too? And he'd be like, <laughs> you went to Princeton, too? And Russell, it, it just used to baffle me. He He's like, all these black people went to Princeton? All <laughs> these black people in Princeton? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, nah, son, like, we had a little hip-hop mafia at Princeton. Like, you know, like, we were those dudes. We were producing, we were DJing, we were making beats. Like, we were, like, the hip-hop dudes on campus. And it actually, was a really funny story. One year, Maxine Waters came to, like, get this prize right it might have been my junior wow. year wow and Mark and um, my boy G-Bell like Mark used to rap like don't, don't, don't let him you should ask him about that <laughs> 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 now, yeah my boy Mark, best producer in the world used to rap too right so they do a little thing right and then after it's finished like Maxine comes on stage right and she's like wow hip hop at Preston like who knew right <laughs> and that sounds so archaic now looking back like you think about there were spaces and places that hip hop hadn't or wasn't perceived to have invaded you Right. Know what I mean? so it's like that's that right. was considered a space like oh that seems incongruous with the notion of hip hop right right but that's where like I discovered the fact that you know there's this culture that I'm into and that I love and I have this talent you know I write you know I mean I think the first thing I ever wrote was um, <laughs> I wrote this short story I went to the school called Queens College in Ghana, right mm-hmm. big up QC and when I was when I was in first form which was like 10 years old around then, um, I wrote this short story about vampires you know like taking over this like trawler at night in the open ocean uh-huh. and I forget, my English teacher was like can I talk to you after <laughs> class <laughs> And I was like, the fangs buried <laughs> into the neck, and then the blood flowed, uh, Why was, is it that you writing like, back then had but, an accent? You were like, the blood, no, the blood. No, not for real. I was writing with the GT accent, right? Like, no, man. She was like, um, do I need to call your parents? And I was like, no. But, you know, when I was that age, you know, in GT, like, I mean, I was reading Stephen King, and, you know, I mean, you know, maybe we had... TV, but not for real, you know. Okay, yeah, like yeah. VHS, you watch stuff on tape. Mm-hmm. So I just read a lot, you know, which is like the first commandment of being a writer: Thou shalt be a reader, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, so I was nine, ten, reading like all those novels and Chris Claremont X-Men. So I was just like a genre sci-fi hardbe from the gate, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, <laughs> so you know, so Princeton is kind of like. You know, I had grown up again in a Caribbean household where you have two options in life, right? Either be a doctor or a lawyer, (laughs) right? Um, Oh, my God. This is a story that keeps repeating on our show. (laughs) Clearly, you talk to a lot of Caribbean people, right? You know, it's like... And for me, it was even more specific. It was like I was supposed to be a neurosurgeon, right? <laughs> Not just a doctor, a brain surgeon, That's right?
0: hilarious.
1: Oh, yeah, it was to me, too. Um, <laughs> you know, but, you know, you internalize this. You really believe it. So, you know, my writing was just a thing. And, I mean, all throughout high school, like, English was always my favorite class, you know. Yeah. And, the, like, um, the month during English, because all the period during English when they were, like, okay, we're going to do, sh- like, short stories or whatever. Like, I loved that. I was like, oh, man, I get to, like be creative like i just love that part but it never occurred to me like that i could write you know like i think i won my first poetry prize like in ninth grade you know like all long island or something like that you know for this poem i wrote but again it's just like i read and i wrote you know i'm gonna be a doctor you know right and um (laughs) so i got so i got to princeton and i lose my mind my freshman year right like I was in New York City, like actually that was literally half the decision. I was like, I know this sounds whatever, but yes. I was designed between Yale and Princeton. Yes, I was a smart ass kid. That's <laughs> that's that's the kind of school, okay. right? All right. And I was like, um, which one of these is closer to New York? Where can I get to the city faster? And I was like, Princeton is so you know, it's like half hour less on the train or whatever it was. So freshman year Every night, maybe five times a week, I'm in New York. I'm a New Yorkan, you know, Ports Cafe doing slam poetry. Mm-hmm. I am at Mars, you know, jumping around like like an idiot, you know. Cause <laughs> I used to dance back back then, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm in a house club like almost every night. Um, when I'm on school I'm like super political, mm-hmm. you know, so we were like taking over the president's office every other week. <laughs> You know, you know, going straight from the Colonel West lecture. That's when Cornell was Cornell, right, yeah. yeah. Right? You know, be all charged up, like, what can we <laughs> rabble rouse with today? You're like, I was just a mess, man. I and mean, I had like an incredible freshman year, like of growth and everything. But you know, the one thing I did not do my freshman year, my walk. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> and how
0: did your family respond to that? Not well. I didn't think not so. well. You
1: want to know how West Indian people respond to not well. <laughs> um, so. This occasion's my first real diversion, you know, um, in terms of my path, you know, on that on that multi-year college program. So my mom and I are having this conversation, very heated conversation when she sees the grades. I'm on the phone in New York in Times Square, and she's in Florida. And I don't know what possessed me to be like, you know, I'm 19 and you can't tell me what to do, right? Like, you know, she's, she wanted me to transfer She was like, look, we're not paying this kind of money. You Know what the part of it that we were paying right because I was like loaned out the butt, right? For you to bring home these kind of grades, perfectly. I would say the same thing right now. As a matter of fact, my daughter would be on a plane right now, <laughs> big trouble if this had right. happened to me, right? But not me, I'm like, oh, da, 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 right? and I, I was like, I'll figure it out. And I hang the phone up, and this is Times Square, the old Times Square for those who remember New York in the 90s. And I turn around, and there's a big sign, and it says. Need money for college, endless, and it's the it's the military recruiting center. So Damn. I walk right from this heated emotional chat with my mom into the Army Recruiting Center, and I joined the Army. You're such a Western man. <laughs> I swear to you. That is something that, I mean, honestly,
0: it's like, you know what? I, I got something for you, you know? like that's, That is so,
1: oh, my, God. Oh my gosh, that is oh, crazy. Oh, worst thing I ever did to my poor mother. Who I love so and, much. Oh and my I'm
0: just like, you know. Princeton, it's like you're in Princeton, and yeah. you're like, you know what, yeah. like Princeton?
1: I was like,
0: hold my purse, I'll be back. Hold on, you know, like hold on. We'll, we'll be What's back.
1: That? What's that thing that we did doing on Twitter now? Hold, hold my beer. Yeah, yeah, hold, yeah. My, hold my beer. Hold my beer. I'll be, I'll be back. Right. So I joined the army, and um, you know, again, it was like the next iteration of this thing I'm talking about, where I'm all this fishing this new ocean, trying to figure out what the currents are, what the waves are, what the people are, how this place works. And all of this is like incredible training for a writer, right? Because you're just meeting new characters and new people, although I don't even notice at the time, right? So I go from Princeton in that environment, and by you know, August of September, um, after we find out that Saddam is invaded Kuwait, so suddenly like it's a war footing. Oh, I'm like, God. oh, I didn't know how I signed up for that, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you are crazy, <laughs> you are but, crazy, you know. So I am in. Fort Jackson South Carolina big up you know the black lines 129 infantry right 115 degrees in the shade hot as hell meeting these people that I did not know existed in real life, right? Like, Mm -hmm. my boy, my bunk mate was from Arkansas and used to shoot muskrats for dinner, like, Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of real Billy Joe Bob, (laughs) you know, Uncle Curly Toe Larry. I mean, just like, I was like, wow, there's really people like this, you know? Um, But it was amazing to me, just like, we were all young and they thought I was as weird as I thought they were. They were like... You? why are you here? <laughs> you, you go to Princeton. I said like, yes but I'm punishing myself. Um,
0: so wait you, you joined know. the army, was it to pay for school?
1: I joined the army to, because to I was upset. and mad like, you know and what? Mad I'm in control of my and, life? and it was a way of demonstrating control. Yeah. right? Those okay. were the governing principles. I mean, there was a little logic to it because the science said, need money for college. Like, surely the government doesn't lie. Yeah. Of course not. I mean, Why right? were they ever? Um They ain't talking Princeton. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they talking, you know, Nazarene Community College. Right, somewhere. right. They're like, what? You need what kind? <laughs> out of here you know (laughs) (laughs) so that was a little you know kind of rude awakening Um, but little did I know you know the military did a lot of other things for me Um, what did you you,
0: what did you learn most from that experience like what did you walk away with focus
1: focus and discipline
0: really yeah
1: I mean I wasn't and well maybe I was considering what I just described my freshman year. Like, I, I wasn't as undisciplined as mm-hmm. my storytelling made me sound freshman year, mm-hmm. but I was an 18 year old kid, you know? Um, but the army kind of took what had already been there for a kid who went to school in Ghana at St. Gabriel's, you know, which is this very kind of British Catholic, like mm-hmm. school in GT was strict, right? right. Like You act up you was know, lashes <laughs> right, you, right. You know, with a ruler. Right. <laughs> So, all of those like things that require and imply focus were there in my background, kind of anyway, right mm-hmm. I had just forgotten <laughs> <laughs> the the army sort of underlined those things. so I would say for one, you know um discipline, focus, just the ability to say because it's it's applicable in so many areas of life right mm-hmm. um and the interesting thing that I found is that a lot of the lessons that I think were ingrained with me just in basic training really then came to fruition it's like planting seeds like Mm -hmm. it wasn't like they were all available and applicable even a year or two after right Mm -hmm. but i noticed as i got older you know it's like these were these trees that were flowering in me you know for instance this thing about focus and just visual and just mission visualizing right Mm. like you know the notion of hey this is your target this is your mission we got to take this hill is not that different in many ways from me saying you know what i'm done with this career i'm gonna become a screenwriter
0: mm, you know yeah.
1: yeah that sounds crazy no it, i mean yeah but you know what but it's a tangible goal it's and i know how and i a mission to, and i know how to execute because mm-hmm. one thing i know how to do is execute right mm-hmm. and i think the c- part of the confidence yeah it comes from your character but part of the confidence i think comes from my comes from my service um so the army was was fascinating but good you know and um
0: and then you went back to
1: Princeton. then i went back to school <laughs> yeah and then back to school and, and your you know, grades were better my grades were better <laughs> Right? yes the grades were better i was still a wild child um
0: had you decided then that neurosurgery was not for you like i had clear i about had that? i
1: had begun to make the decision my freshman year during my act up period mm-hmm. um it took, It takes a couple more years from decision to sort of like, okay, well, now. But for me, I was always like, okay, you don't want to do A, what is B, you know? Mm-hmm. So it took a while for that to emerge. But it was pretty clear to me freshman year that I was like, here is what I am into. I am into music, particularly hip-hop and house music, right? Mm-hmm. I am into writing. You know, I'm a poet, and I write short stories. And I had just begun to do, like, arts reviews for, like, the Nassau Weekly and the papers at school. Um, mm-hmm. I'm into clothes. <laughs> style and <laughs> style and fashion. You know, it's just I've always been, so whatever that's neither here <laughs> nor there. I was like, here's what I'm not into, right? That that week I went and was like, let me go sit in an organic chemistry, which is a pre med requirement, mm-hmm. and see what's up with that. Oh hell no. <laughs> not for you. No, 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 no. So that's when I was like, yeah. Mm, medical dot mm, I don't know you know and then the other thing too that made my skin rebel was when I really got the context of like okay the pre-med and being a doctor means this commitment in terms of this amount of time right, right. and I'm still that way now to some degree but I, I have a hard time sometimes being like here is your thing for 10 years for 12 years right. I'm like I need the flexibility to be like that is a really cool looking cliff I'm gonna go jump off of it right, right? and just sort of committing myself to that I just at 18 that just seemed insane to me mm-hmm. um, so those are all the reasons and there's really I will put this out there as a challenge because no one has found this yet and I get teased about it by those who, who know it so maybe you guys will find this. But there is a clip. There is a clip because I used to dance on Club MTV. Remember when I was mm-hmm. teenage early twenties I was you know I was a big house dancer, right? So I used to dance on Club MTV and on a lot of times on your first show, like downtown Julie Brown would would pick a dancer to interview. So she interviews me on my first on my first show, my first taping and, and I'm 18 going on 19 right And I am straight New York City Club kid I got like These gigantic overalls But no shirt on So you know and I'm mad skinny and wiry back then mm-hmm. And this like gigantic I don't know like Shaka Zulu's necklace mm-hmm. You know that he might, I might have <laughs> stole from him And I had just cut my gigantic <laughs> High top so I was completely bald right? Wow And you know Kat wasn't really up on that This is like 1990 <laughs> there, so He was like Michael Jordan Like you know like I was just like like shiny ball headed, and I had I had two gigantic hoop earrings, like in both ears, right? And like, I gotta find I was footage. I was a sight, I was a sight. <laughs> so here I am looking looking like this picture, right? And Julie's like, here's Selwyn, and she's so proud. He got the stuff and then she's like, um, you know, and you know, tell Selwyn, you know, what do you what do you want to do when you grow up, right? With your life? And in all earnest seriousness, looking the way I'm looking on this show, I turned to Julie and I said. I'm going to be a neurosurgeon. (laughs) When I saw that, that's when I was like, nah, I don't think so. There's nothing about you in that moment that says neurosurgeon. But I didn't know what else to say yet, right? Like part of being a thing... Is saying the thing, right? Yeah. And part of yeah. visualizing the thing is articulating the thing, right? Absolutely. Like I didn't know to say I wanna be a writer. What does that mean? Like what is it what does that even? How do you make how how do you do that? So when I came back to prison, the next couple of years for me were about um answering that question. Mm-hmm. And, and um it was really good to be at that school because I got help answering that question, you know, so
0: Who helped you?
1: Yeah. On on the academic side, um, you know, um, I I dropped out of both classes, but, you know, I took part of a class with Toni Morrison, and I took part of a class with Joyce Carl Oates, Mm. and I stayed in creative writing long enough to realize it wasn't for me, because I'm really, when then, I really was not into the part of creative writing classes that's like, okay, kids, let's all read each other's work and tell us Mm. what we think, and I was like, "Mm, people don't even know what you're talking about. I was like, I'm (laughs) "I'm nice, son. (laughs) Who you? Get out of here! <laughs> so I was keep just my right bouncing. What you, what you know? Man? <laughs> so I I used to just bounce from those classes with the quickness. But the instructors were like, you know, they were like, whatever. And then my peers, you know, so like myself and Alicia <laughs> mm-hmm. and my boy Dana Crumb, like a bunch of us, you know, we we um, we formed this crew, like this Black Arts Collective crew, and uh, we just used to write poetry, this all the time, perform poetry all the time. Wow. And um, you know, like. Sometimes your peer group are the people who, like, help you develop your muscles the fastest, Mm -hmm. you know. And then I was also starting to write about hip-hop more and more and more and more. And I was still reading a ton, right? So this was, like, when the voice was, like, the voice, right? Mm -hmm. And I was reading Nelson George and Greg Tate and Lisa Jones and just all these, like astonishing people and you know a lot of stuff coming out of like England like Frank Owen you know like mm-hmm. just like thoughtful writing about music and culture how did
0: you discover the
1: voice this was on the street corner you know? <laughs> you, just, <laughs> you know you just walked by one of those things one day and just opened it yeah that's how you, I discovered it yeah, I remember just walking like just, just um like, huh. you know I mean I maybe there may have been some copies my freshman year free mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not sure I know I wasn't reading the voice when I was in high school mm-hmm. in New York that's true so I began to read the voice as my as a freshman in college, you know. Um, so maybe even the summer before my freshman year when I was just haunting the streets of New York. You know mm-hmm. I mean, it might be then, but it became part of the New York identity, you know. like Absolutely. You know, like I remember being, actually no, before senior year because that summer before senior year, before I moved, before I went to join my family in Miami, I was in, um, I did this like college program upstate New York and my best friend was this kid Trevor who was was from Amsterdam Projects. So we used to come to New York all the time, right? And Trev used to work at this, like, um, uh, well-known legendary New York fashion store, Sharvari, um, you know, up on the mm-hmm. west side. Many of my tales have a <laughs> little fashion and style in them, right? So, you know, so we used to be, like... <laughs> two like 19 year olds like you know we walk around New York but I remember the image right of us you know Shara t-shirts and Jabot jeans you know and the ill kicks mm-hmm. and the village voice kind of rolled up like tucked on an arm yeah. you know what I mean and yeah. it was just like you just felt so New York you yes, know so yes. the voice kind of flits in I think as part of that package of being a New Yorker but yeah but the material the, the material in there and you know and the things that were being written about and talked about were just they were just mind blowing to me i was like oh you 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 can do this right like when you're young like sometimes you need you like a lot of times you need the like permission slip you need the way pointed out you know yeah. um, cuz even when i was writing a lot of my like pieces you know in college like i i just knew i just i just had this desire to explore this culture that meant so much to me i was like why why is this right like why from both sides, right, like, why do we have this love and affection for it, even in the midst of all these challenges that I clearly know the music has, you yeah. know in terms of misogyny or sexism or you know any one of those things right like what what is it about this? like I can't look back in the paradigm of black musical culture and find an exact match, like what's happening here, right? Yeah. so I always wanted to wrestle with hip hop, you know, and then I was like, why are these why are these people so scared of it <laughs> you know, yeah. mostly white people, right? I was like, why are they so scared of it? why are they <laughs> you know, and older people like why they hate it? you know, so that just made me as a thinker like just want to engage and, and discovering these guys in the voice, I was like, oh you A, you're allowed to do it and you can do it this way. Okay. Um so with all that as the lead up, like it was fantastic for me, you know, going into my junior No, I had just finished my junior year and I should have gone to my senior year when I'm reading the voice and they're like I was like, oh they have this, like, fellowship thing for, you know, for a writer. You can, you know, spend a year at the voice and then, and I was like, I'm just going to apply, you know, so that's, uh, you know, so I just applied. Because I've been spending, like, you know, a few months before that, like, thinking actively about, you know, okay, i got to expand my writing bubble out of school. And actually, hilarious story before it, I did the voice thing. I almost got my first story at The Source, like the same summer. Oh, right? wow. Yeah. Actually, I give him crap about this all the time. So Chris Chris Wilder, <laughs> who was an editor at The Source, we were talking, and I was pitching this thing. I was telling you know, I'm a junior in college, right? And I was like, yeah, you know, I want to do this, like, you know, this idea. And he's like, okay. You know, he signed me. He's like, yeah, let's do this hip-hop R&B thing. And and we go back and forth. We're talking about it. He's like, yeah, you know write up a little you know picture about your thing so I wrote up a little I'm excited I'm gonna, I'm gonna contribute to the source right this is still this is like you know what they call like you know the source legend setting days right like my era is a different era like later on but this is when the source was just like it was like the legendary horse you know like we were all like so like oh my god the source and I sent Chris my little thing and he like deaded me and <laughs> like shot me down he's like nah son and I, I can't remember why but I just So like I, you know, I got like lost my first professional assignment. I was so crushed, you know. I was like, somebody told me two years later you're gonna be edited, or two and a half or whatever you mean, in that magazine. But like, stop lying. Um, That's crazy. (laughs) Well, literally, my first interaction with the sources is is a pitch that got denied. (laughs) That is crazy. (laughs) But the voice said yes. The voice were like, the voice was like, yeah, we think you're dope. You know, like come do this. And I was like. Princeton, hold my bear. I'll be, I'll be right back. See, this is the thing. I mean, there's two two things here. One, I'm, you know, I feel
0: like I need to go and find your mother and hold her hand because I, I just keep picturing her clutching her chest every time oh you my God. put yeah, Princeton yeah. on yeah, hold. Yeah, yeah. But I love, you know, we. I guess we'll get around. We'll get back around to it when we get to that chapter of your life when sure. you were editing. Yeah. When you were the editor of the source. Yeah. But I love that this was a no for yeah, you, and yeah. you know. Knows are generally endings. They also, Can signify beginnings Because of that No You then turned your attention To the the voice And then I feel I'm hearing The voice of 2017 Which is that TV (laughs) show Not the TV show guys The magazine The Village Voice You turned your attention To the Village Voice You started writing with them And you wrote A beautiful article um, Recently in the New York Times About that experience And what That experience Uh, Meant to you And I mean It was a stunning Article Because your language The way that you paint pictures with your words is stunning i felt like i was walking the the halls and the cubicles of the village voice (laughs) as i was reading that and kind of living your experience it was really beautiful but i just i find that just so exciting because so many of us especially um artists we are turned down a lot of times when there are things that we're really excited about doing Yeah, yeah and to hear that somehow some way you had a moment where you came back around and you were able to Actually, do more than what you originally anticipated. No,
1: I I I truly believe that success is built on failure. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I couldn't do what I do now if I didn't do that. Right? Like, you guys will only hear about this deal got signed and this thing, but behind that is like twenty pitch meetings where they were like, "That's great." No. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we loved. Nah, not gonna hire you. Right? You know, so like, shit. I mean, screenwriting—you're bad in. I don't even it's not even 1 out of 10, it might be 0.5 out of 10, you know, in terms of like, you know, pitches, an actual like, manifested assignment, so mm-hmm. how do you develop that skin, that emotional resilience, that sense of like alright, you know um, so is that um, honestly it's so funny, because I'm trying to teach this to my daughter, you know, right now mm-hmm. um, you know, my, my daughter's um, you know, her art is dance she's been dancing since she was in kindergarten mm-hmm. and she dances at the, at the Alvin Ailey School mm-hmm. And, you know, that ballet world is tough, oh, you, yeah. know? That's, you know. I mean, I ran track as a kid, but, like, some of the – so the idea of, like, you know, disappointment and, like, okay, I got promoted this year or not or, so, you know, I didn't get the lead in the piece. Like, I'm like, these kids are wrestling with this stuff kind of heavy. So mm. we're always having this sort of conversation about, you know, about perceived failure at least and success and da-da-da. And I find myself resorting to basketball quotes a lot. Because you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm also – you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big basketball fan, right? So, um, you know – LeBron James has become, like, one of our, like, little philosophers, right? Because right. LeBron has this thing that I don't know when he first he first started saying it, but I say it now like like I made it up, right? When he says, you, <laughs> know, I just, you know, as long as you leave it all on the court, mm-hmm. right? Like, win, lose, draw, you can't control that, right? Mm-hmm. You know what you can control? Your effort. Like, leave it all on the court. So I yeah. tell my daughter, all, all, like, all the time, live with the results. Leave it on the court and live with the results, right? Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, babe, did you leave it all on the court? And she's like, yeah, daddy. Or sometimes people like, nah, you know, I didn't maybe. I was like, you know, this, that's what you control. So I do that in my own work. I'm like, I prepare, I over-prepare, I go in there, I pitch, I, whatever it is that I'm doing, right? And mm-hmm. if I have done that to the best of my capability, Live with the results, you know. Sometimes they're annoying as hell, though. Man, they'd be like, Look, I ain't get that. Are you kidding me? They gave that to who? Uh, you know, so anyway, let me not open the salty box, uh, you know, salt and crackers. You know, we'll put that back aside. Um, but yeah, but that that's something that, like, because I knew I had that source thing, I was like. My clips were dope. You know what I'm saying? I was like, "Come on, man! Are you kidding me?" Probably the They're best like, thing that ever happened. To oh, that that such a like battery in my up. back. <laughs> 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 I was like, "What? <laughs> Are you kidding me?" And then, like, i am going the voice is like, you come, open arms." It's like, so the voice was was parallel school for me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it was college over the course of a year. You know, like in that piece, you know, I talk about the people that I was surrounded with. These just incredible new york city thinkers and writers you know the you know i mentioned nelson and greg but you know bob chris guy, who's like the dean of like music criticism in america just about you mm-hmm. know um doug simmons uh a boy joe joe wood who you know god bless the dead who's passed away lisa kennedy and powers oh i love ann powers. ann powers is a great rock critic She's great music writer just great writer you know let me not even mm-hmm. qualify it but ann told me something And this is also a note to writers, right? Like you'll hear things in your career from editors, people give you notes. Like, just sort of, like, write things down. You kind of keep this, like, little advice book that grows and you carry it with you. And then you give it to writers in return. So, mm. Anne told me something when I was 24 years old, right, that I still use today in my screenwriting career mm-hmm. as my own little mantra. And that I tell writers all the time. And I'd given her a, a draft of something. And she marked that. Um, <laughs> the, the voice is like editing school. You haven't you have edited until you've been edited, like, by a voice editor. Mm-hmm. And I was just fit to. Cry and I was just like, but but you know, yeah, right. (laughs) And she turned me and she said, Selwyn, the mark of a real writer is what you go do on the second draft. And I was like, oh. She was like, no, forget this. She was like, this is just, you know, you just, you just emptied your brain on the paper. Mm-hmm. Okay, great, we got all of that. Now let's go write this the is actual fine
0: thing. Fine tuning, yeah. No,
1: it's not beyond the fine tuning. Now we actually let's go write the thing. It's like literally, you. This was like, like you take a a chest of toys. You know, when your kid empties the toy right, chest, and you dump it all in. Dump it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first draft. And that's even more true in film. Like it's just like <laughs> dump it all out. Okay. Yeah. It's like yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, like now now it starts, right? Yeah. So it's like, it's like, no, 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 like don't stress this out. Like now we start working. And I just have always remembered that and, you know, always, always, always use that. So, no, I don't get, I don't trip out. I still try to really nail my first drafts on anything, but mm-hmm. I always tell people, like, just get it all out, you know, like yeah. don't hold, you know, the first pass, you know, don't hold it back, don't restrain yourself. And, you know, uh, when I became an editor, God, know some of those conversations you know I had with people. Like, just just throw it all out. We'll fix it later, you know. Mm-hmm. So all that's what I learned to voice, you know, and just continuing to refine my own voice, you know, because um, my voice was just a, an amalgamation of a lot of things. I think it still is, you know. Some, you know, a kid who was a who was a poet, um, who is who is a poet. Um, whose poetry is still. I don't know if I. You know, it's like choosing between your, um, I'm not saying this is what I do, but choosing between your girlfriends, right? it's like, <laughs> <laughs> choosing between your wives, you know? ah, you know? don't draw any inferences. I was, inferences like, I was there, like, what is he you know? about to say? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's like, you know, it's like, it's like I, love, I love poetry, I love prose, right? You know what I mean? But poetry is, I don't know, maybe first among equals, you mm-hmm. know, because... I like the I like the discipline that poetry demands in terms of evoking emotion mm-hmm. and visual in brief language, mm-hmm. you know. So I took that into my journalism, and I have taken that now into my screenwriting. But the voice was like a lab, right? Like, imagine you're twenty four, twenty five. I don't twenty five. It's 24, 24, right? And you you get to write about. You were the guy because you're the kid and everybody's like, Yeah, yeah, let the kid you know, <laughs> it's like it's like Mikey and the series like mm-hmm. he'll eat it, you know, let Mikey eat it. It's like there's this new rapper Nas person. Let, let Mikey eat it. I will write about it. There's this new Biggie person. I'll write about it. There's this Wu tang what? Wu I'll write about it. Yeah. So you look back at my ninety three to ninety five era the voice, it's all of that. It's the entire kind of mid nineties of especially East Coast hip hop, you know, the roots, you know, Black Moon, you know mets for it's just yeah so that was um that was my training ground and the source comes after that
0: so Okay, I remember you were telling me that you were on like the six-year plan. Was that
1: what you said? Yeah, the man. Six-year plan. So did yeah. you graduate?
0: Yeah, You did team. graduate. Oh thank I God, could, your mom. I oh, so I, could, happy for I couldn't go that far. <laughs>
1: could, you know, you know, I have. I'm st- still a GT boy at heart, right? I couldn't, you know. You could even imagine this would be like, yeah, my son never graduated from Princeton. No, I you can't know. imagine. I can't. I can't.
0: It, well, even
1: for myself, I I couldn't imagine that. You know, so I I really meant it, like. It was trying, it was testing, Mm -hmm. it wasn't all easy. Every now and again, the dean would be like, do we need to talk? All right, um, oh, you know, I got to know that dean of students' office really (laughs) Really well. well. (laughs) I'd be like, no, 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 I'm just, I already know what I want to do in life. Like, Mm -hmm. you guys are kind of at one end of the pipe and my eyes are over here and I know I need to kind of bring them together in a way that makes sense. And I will, trust me, I will. And when I, so, you know, when I spent that year away at The Voice, I had to come back to school, you know, um, for my, for my senior year now, finish my thesis, all that kind of stuff. But I was still writing for The Voice while I was there. I was also writing for Vibe, you know, so I was sort of an active, you know, um, journalist during my senior year, but it was, it was my best academic year too, you know, mm-hmm. um, because again, like I'm older, you know, like all the, I'm finally kind of settling down a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. and more than that. I finally could answer if Julie Brown had interviewed me again, I had an answer to that question. Right. Because if you would have asked me then, you know, hey, we don't where you grew up, what do you want to do? Like, I'm a writer. I am a writer. Yeah. You know. But that's the year that I could answer that that, that question. So, um, you know, that's great professors that year. Um, some of whom I'm sure Alicia mentioned, you know, Juan Lubiano, um, Barbara Browning in the English department, you know, my boy Andrew. I mean, it was a great intellectual year for me oh, as, right. as well. But, yeah, I couldn't wait to get my damn thesis and get out of there and get, out. get to New York City and start my, you know, or continue my professional life.
0: So then, okay, so then you became editor of the Source Magazine. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't happen like... I rarely. mean, I know, I know <laughs> that it just happened like that. I mean, in retrospect, <laughs> it seems like it sort of because it happened pretty quickly. But but no, I'm, just, you know. I'm just wondering if you... I, I don't know how this happens. I don't yeah. know how one becomes an editor of a magazine, especially yeah. one as great as The Source. Space. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was major. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm trying to understand. Did you, like, then bring, like, your collection of work, whereas that one article was not enough? Did you, like, come oh, with a body of the work source, and a well, reputation? Well, you know what?
1: So here's my source relationship begins. Um, and I'm like, how can I tell the story shorter? Because this alone is a whole podcast. So... The summer 95, you know, I'm back at The Voice, you know, that summer. And that's a good summer. I write a bunch of really good stuff. But already by then, I'm feeling like I'm not in school. There's certain economic realities. I'm feeling New York City pinched. And again, sitting down with Ann Powers and Lisa Kennedy were my kind of gurus. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know about this poor writing thing. I'm like, how do I be an editor? You know, how does that how does that work? You know, and they were like, before you do that, though... You know, maybe you need to just broaden out of here a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. so for the first time, because even when I was running of a vibe up and I wrote like just just some like re, you know a few r- reviews for vibe, you know, during that year, um, I hadn't done the like like all freelance journalists do this thing where you like you write letters and you send clips out and you're like, hey, Mr. Mrs. Editor, like right. I can write. Here's my stuff. Do you have an assignment? You know what I mean? Like you really kind of hit the block. You know, get your hustle on, right? Yeah. So I hadn't really done that. So that summer after, the guys were like, yeah, you know, Think Editor, kind of down the road, you know, kind of broad now. Like, I hit the block, you know, and the source hit me back right away, you know? And it was um, a dude, Dario Strange. Um, and this is sort of like a year after the source had imploded, you know, and the whole... It's a very infamous story in hip-hop journalism, you know, circles. And, uh, you know, but essentially, you know, publisher beef with writers around a certain individual... Um, who, became, who later became famous in reality shows uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got love for all these people I mean, it's so funny we were all so like tight back in the day but it's all good man I was talking to Benzino like last year or some time you know cracking jokes I mean whatever man the stuff we did right but it was beef between the crew and you know it all split apart and they were kind of rudderless for a while you know um, You know, but these guys were doing a heroic job like a barrier and rolling and row roll and you know kind of holding it together and doing, still doing great source work right so they were like, hey, you know, do this piece, right? Um, cover story, Wu-Tang, Raekwon, Ghostface, joint about to drop. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's a big album, okay? I was like, yeah, you know, cover story, can you do it? You can bet. We need it in like a week. I was like, oh, damn, okay. I'll do it. Like, mm-hmm. whatever. Like, no, it doesn't matter. I'll, 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 I'll figure it out, right? So I go down to um, this photo shoot that my boy Ola Kudu is running because he's the art director. And I interview RZA and JZA and, you know, be just the whole everybody except rain and ghosts right mm-hmm. and i'm like yo, guys i gotta talk to you for this piece and, and rain goes to like oh you know why don't you just come with us real quick we going to staten island just we'll talk on the way So jump in the car let's rush out track from new york to staten island it takes mad long right and they had just done that um jodeci feeling you mm-hmm. remix right yeah and Ray had this song on, and he rewung his verse the entire one-hour trip to Staten Island. He <laughs> just kept
0: putting it on repeat. To
1: this day, I uh, boom, boom, <laughs> we got stacked, like international, I'm like, oh my God, it's he plays great. the song one more time. <laughs> I'm in the backseat with the little recorder, like, so, can we, and goes like, yo, son, it's, it's fire, son, it's fire. And Ray's like, yo, like, I'm like... Didn't y'all just record this like you <laughs> you know your verse, son? <laughs> boom, boom. So anyway, uh, out of Staten Island, no talking. Then they get we get to Stapleton, right? Um I know guys gonna kill me. I don't wanna mess up no Staten Island. Is Stapleton the one they call Killer Hill? I don't know. My boy guys, Mr. Shallons so I don't wanna get the names wrong, but whatever projects they're from, that's <laughs> where we went, right? And they're like, yo, we'll be right back. And they bounced. They left you in the car. They left me in the car, and they bounced. They go inside. <laughs> so at this point in time like I'm from Brooklyn right, right. Mm-hmm. um and I'm from like 80s New York right like 80s New York like and I think I've wrote about this in the times like we didn't go to other boroughs right like oh, yeah you nope. from, from Brooklyn you didn't right. Know it. Like you know, we go to Queens, we go to Jamaica Ave. You know, Manhattan was like a little like neutral ground kind Mm -hmm, of territory. (laughs) I never went to the Bronx in high school, right? I never went to Staten Island, right? Mm -hmm. This is literally the first time I'm in Staten Island at 20, whatever, four years old, right? And Staten Island was weird, right? (laughs) You remember that? You remember that haircut? Like Meth used to rock back in the day, like half braided, half Afro. Yes, yes, yes. All these kids was was doing that back then. (laughs) So I'm in a car. It's dusk the sun is setting it's getting dark and these dudes are like drifting you know how you watch like shark week and you see the great whites come out the depths and it's all like is that a shark and then it's like it's a shark Mm -hmm. it's like that i'm in the car i'm like is that a weird ass motherfucker with a strange haircut (laughs) like yep it is and it's one of them and it's two and it's three and five and it's fifteen and i'm in the car like son and I, I'm not mad at them because I'm like, this is weird. This is cars a renter, right? Yeah. Fuck the projects with some dude in it sitting there. Yeah. They don't know who I am, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like I feel for them. I mean, I'm like, so I'm sitting there like, you know, I got a beeper, mm-hmm. oh, God. right? <laughs> a beeper. <laughs> Jeez. I don't know where I am. I'm like, do they have trains out here? Like I don't <laughs> know where I am, and I'm just like, yo, what, what am I supposed to do here? And I'm like, okay, if I so, literally, I'm just sitting there, like, trying to calculate, like, exit trajectories, like, all right, because these dudes look, like, any minute now, they're, like, all right, like, they're discussing among themselves, mm-hmm. and I can see, like, you know, talking and fingers pointing, like, yeah, who that's, and I'm, like, yo, somebody's about to come over here and be, like, yo, who the hell are you, right, right. and then it's going to be on and just when I'm like, all right, so I'm gonna like open this door and just break that. <laughs> Can't way. Watch your plan. I have my plan. I I <laughs> I made my little strategies and then Ray and Ghost come outside and they're like, Yo, it's all man. and then it's all love and it's great. And I'm like I'm like, Can we, um can we can we talk? Can we do this story? And then I swear to God <laughs> Ray Kwan, I see Ray Kwan. I wonder if he remembers this the way I do. And then Ray's like, Yo, son, we about to make this quick run. You should just come with us. And I'm oh like. Oh,
0: my God. So. <laughs>
1: so I think for like five seconds, I'm like, no, not even five seconds. I'm like, okay, um, where are we going? And I'm like, oh, "Just, just come. Just, just come. So, oh I'm, so we end up in this van, and we're hey. on the New Jersey Turnpike going somewhere. Oh, right? my God. And Ray and Ghosts are driving, and I'm in the back with, like, the dunnies. And you know the Dunnies, right? No, what's that? Oh, man. The crew. What it turns out is this was their promo tour. Mm -hmm. So we end up on this first stop in Philly. They do this great show. The show Mm -hmm. was fantastic. I'm like, yeah, I'm all amped up. And then they leave the show. And they're like, "Yo, source!" And I was source guy. It's like, "Yo, source guy, we see you in the morning." I'm like, "What, what do you mean? Because like, <laughs> they go into this hotel. where Everybody got a room, and I'm like in a parking lot, like with my tape recorder. <laughs> and, but then the loud people take pity on me, so I like crash on the floor. Right. I'm like, anyway, this thing repeats itself for five days down the East Coast. Like, say the city without you getting. I'm chasing. I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting. I'm getting bits. I'm getting bits. Oh but I'm like, I'm not. It's not enough. It's not. It's my cover story. Like, I need more. And you had a week. I need more. I need a week. I need a week. <laughs> so when we finally get to the last stop, I finally have enough. I also don't have a way back to New York. Oh, my God. And then one of the loud staffers takes pity on me, buys me an Amtrak ticket. I write the story on the train. That's my first story for the source. Wow. The, the cover, August 95. That we're is planning. that is a movie. It is. That is actually pretty amazing. And we didn't even hear the whole story. That's I didn't a, say the no whole story. That's that's a, a <laughs> that is a movie for sure. Don't nobody bite. Right? <laughs> um Yeah, but that's how um, that's how I started the source. My first job was music editor. Um so like after that piece ran and they were, you know, they gave me I won't tell the whole thing. They were like, You wanna do another one? And I was like, how much time do I have? This time they like, like <laughs> three days. I was like, sure. So I did this Far Side piece. Love those guys when um, Lab Cat in California came out, and uh, and then like a week after that, I got another call from the source, and they were like, one job. Wow. <laughs> and that's why I got a job. That's so how you were freelancing? At yeah, that yeah. Point. yeah the, my first two stories were yeah, as wow, a freelancer, wow. which I wrote literally like probably like. I think the Far Side piece might have been two weeks after the Wu Tang piece. You know, the Wu Tang piece was a rush to get the cover story. And then the next issue, they were like, let's go to that guy again. You know, wrote the Far Side piece. Then it was, you know, it was a job offer time. Um, and, uh, you know, I walked around the block with Greg Tate. Um, and I was like, Greg. Um, you know, Greg is, Greg is, you know, yeah. Greg is like a black warlock, you know, Greg is like a, you know, like, I don't know, like the the, the warlock offspring of Jimi Hendrix meets Miles Davis, you know, with some James Baldwin in there, I've never met anybody in my life like Greg Tate and don't ever expect to again, you know, so all of us, young, old, we all just, we'd just be like, Greg, it's oh, yes, Greg Tate, oh my god, you know, um, so I was like, Greg, um, can I ask you, you know, advice? And Greg was like, yeah, 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 you know. Every now and again, Greg, you know, we'd have lunch and stuff. Um, so, you know, walk around the block, around Cooper Square, and I was like, yeah, you know, this thing, my source, blah, blah. And again, this is still like a year after all the stuff had happened. I was like, you know, people going to look at me sideways, you know. Like, what about my journalistic hip-hop, crap, my integrity, you know. And he was like, he had a really simple answer. He was like, at your age... The opportunity to be an editor at a magazine that matters mm. is fleeting to none. Wow. That's what Greg they told me. And I was like, yeah, thank you. All right, cool. So 24 years old, first job at the source. Wow. Music editor. Yeah. and uh, That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy how much how old did you say you were i was 24 what <laughs> well but we all were though you okay, know so this is what i want to know <laughs> yeah. because you had
0: been on the other side of the table you had been yeah. the writer yeah submitting your work oh yeah having oh, them yeah. you know oh, yeah. bleed all over your page with mm-hmm. notes and everything uh-huh. how was it for you to be in that position you know as an editor yeah yeah from that side yeah. did you because you had almost like a 360 Um, View of what of that experience? Did you come come at it with a sensitivity or no?
1: I think I did. No, I think I mean. Look, ultimately, I'm probably not subjective, so you'll have to ask any of the legions of people at this point who wrote for me. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like the old granddad. Like I'd be like, yo. All these cats who are now like running magazines and this and that, like they all have written for me. <laughs> right, right. Like if you wrote, if you wrote in hip hop, you either wrote for me or Danielle. Like wow. you know, like a vibe, you know, or Sheena, you know, at, at rap pages. So mm-hmm. it's a very like tight. It's a big wide triangle at the base and a very narrow mm-hmm. narrow top. So many, many, many writers pass through those halls, and I would like to think I had that sensitivity. Like, that's how I approached it. You know, like I tried to edit like I was edited. You know, mm-hmm. so. Which is kind of first, Because I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing, like, necessarily. Like, but you're just young enough not to be intimidated by it, you know? Like, I was like, all right, I learned things fast. I've been edited by some really good people. So I'd be like, all right, how would Joe Levy do this? Or how would Ann Powers do this? Or how would Bob Criscoll? You know, like, I had references in my head. And then you kind of cobble that all together and you just find find your own style. But, um you know, and I think, and I still think I have a lot of this today. Like I've always tried to be like a teacher at the same mm-hmm. time. You know, and sometimes I'd be like, I ain't no older than the 80s. You know, like, it would seem weird to me. Mm-hmm. It seemed kind of incongruous. But you know, I always just had a really strong point of view on writing or on voice or on any aspect of this craft that we've been so blessed. This gift some of us have been so blessed, you know, to have. Um, so I would try to like you know impart that. Um, so.
0: So what was your biggest takeaway in that leadership role?
1: Um, it's hard. <laughs> no, man, you know, it's so weird. This, I know this is not like the source podcast. That literally is like a week of those by itself um, because it's, you're talking four and a half years. You're talking even the year of me being music editor, moving to editor. You're talking, you know, being there when Big was shot. You're talking doing two different issues when Tupac got shot because we didn't know if he was going to live he was going to pass mm. away so we had to do two different wow. ones you know what I mean meaning I had to do two different ones you know yeah. until like we get the call from Frank you know what I mean so it's just like and again with kids you know what I mean you know yeah. like we were really kids you know so a lot happened and this is also when the the sources exploding you know because hip hop is exploding mm-hmm. right and you know the ad pages are soaring and booming, and I was like, it was like riding a tiger, you know.
0: So you know when we were talking the other day uh-huh. um, about all of this, yeah. we, well, I mean, we didn't even get into all of this, so this is actually it feels it's exciting. I'm hearing a lot of it I for I the know. first time. I know. I know. When we talked the other day, one of the things that you confessed to me is that you get bored. Yes. So you had this job, you were working for, um, for the source as an yeah. editor.
1: Yeah.
0: And then did you ultimately get bored because you moved on
1: this was a yes i did i did um it was a combination it was a combination of jumping and getting pushed you know mm-hmm. um not being pushed sort of out i mean i mean it sort of like gladly kept me for 100 years right mm-hmm. you know if they could um but you know again yeah not to get mired in all of our old school drama we had drama a little mm-hmm. bit you know you know like mm-hmm. The source has, you know it's like a volcano every four years it's just like mount sorcius erupts with mm-hmm. drama you know and there was drama in 99 you know um you know about you know the editorial staff versus ray and his crew and what they wanted to do we was all passionate and mm-hmm. you know whatever man it was a bunch of kids but with, with principles though yeah you know and for me i decided look y'all I could do what y'all want to do It's your magazine i don't own it but you know ultimately I might want to it was, it, was, it was enough of a push mm-hmm. to like combine with my restlessness yes. you know to be like let me go survey you know what's up and then there was also enough of a hook as well because 99 was also the time when um the inter- the tech well, well we know it's gonna burst yet but tech was really blowing up right. I think this is still what they call it. internet was this 2.0? No, nah, it's one 1.0 right and some bright person was like well hip hop is hot and the internet is hot you put the two of those things together you get double heat right Mm -hmm. so everybody and their grandmother was trying to do some some dot coms you know hip-hop thing Mm -hmm. so i was getting recruited really really you know heavily around the same time all the stuff is kind of happening me getting disenchanted with the source Mm -hmm. and being like you know you guys are going in a direction that not in terms of the content but just in terms of the leadership that i disagree with you know yeah you know I don't got no, I don't got no stake in this stuff and ultimately, you know, it um, was also a good lesson to learn at that age, you know, like you could push something as far as you want to but if it ain't yours, at the end of the day, yeah, you got to do something else. Um, so, I ended up deciding to go work at Russell and I was like, you know, I want to own a piece of this company um, and, you know, have some resources and, uh we set out to build, you know, the dream team and the dream website and the, you know, this media entity that was just gonna be for hip hop, you know, like I don't know, ESPN was for sports or you know what I mean, like yeah. this, you know, and it was an incredible ambition and, um, you know. Again, it's like choosing between your wives like I can't compare my source staff and my three sixty hip hop staff. It's like I had <laughs> it's like I'm a bigamist with two families, you know what I mean <laughs> actually like three if you count my b t family later, but I love my three sixty team man like I had m I had, like real money, and I was like, I'm hiring you, so yeah. Yeah. I was able to build you know i mean it was a murderer's role, right like Sheena Lester was the first person. I was like, Sheena, can you come help me with this? Because, you know, I can be like the daddy, you know, checking every once in a while Mm -hmm. with the stern lectures, you know, but you were the best at this in terms of managing people and just like inspiring people. Um, and she agreed. And then we went out and we built this team. And, um, you know, I mean, even looking back today, it's ridiculous. Like Jeff Chang, who is, you know, incredible author national book. Like Jeff was like our politics editor. Right. Um, John Karamanica it was big time New York Times you know whatever John was like a dunny back then he was like our associate music you know Chris X, who was probably, I would say, you know, for my money, like the best music writer like our generation produced. Like, mm-hmm. you know, X was there. Um, oh my God, so many people. You know, you got Russell, who ran Entertainment of Essence. My boy Ola came over, you know, from Lao to be art, you know, not just art director, just like creative director. We just had a great squad, and then we had Russell with this crazy ass, you know. Um, so we had fun, and we built this company. And the day we launched was the day the market crashed in 2000. Oh, my God. Literally the day. <laughs> oh, my God. I will never forget that day, man. Like, we had already been working, well, at least I wow. had been working, like, a week straight with, like, no sleep, you know? And we were just trying to get this site to launch. And we built this really video head. We were just way before our time. You know, yeah. we, we literally were building, like, the kind of thing you build today. Like, really... What we called broadband heavy back then mm-hmm. a lot of mm-hmm. video content a lot of you know incredible graphics on the little internal monitors I mean it was amazing right yeah. you know like Jeff did this piece which I still think about called 41 Shots mm-hmm. after the NYPD killed Diallo um, yeah. shot him 41 yeah. times and he did this it's a, it's, it literally is a multimedia artwork because it was a graphic rendering of the scene, and you could click each gunshot. There were 41 gunshots, and each one you click, you'd get the sound effect of a gunshot, and it would unfold into like data and editorial. Wow! You know? So there were 41 bits of editorial multimedia to tell this, in, this story. Was, this is an amazing. is the kind of thing it should be blown up really big and put in a museum. Yeah. You know. So absolutely. that's what we were doing. That's what we were doing. Um, my boy Jazzbo, you know, Joey Patel. who's All these guys are, like, running things now. <laughs> so <laughs> you know this, was, I mean? this
0: was before BT. This was
1: before BT. yeah. I got to do another team. I've put together three great teams so far in my life. And wait. So my Source team, my 360 team, and my BT. team. Okay,
0: so let me just, because I'm trying to. Yeah, keep it all together. How old were you when this was happening?
1: Uh, I was 28.
0: I can't. See, I'm so done with you. I'm gonna just throw something. You did I all. Of I wasn't 30 yet. Oh my God, Dylan, Seriously, you gotta stop. You just need to be humble. Know, sit I down. Know, sit I know, down somewhere. I know. See, that's a that's problem. That's crazy. Wait,
1: wait, 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 wait. Get GT men to got an opportunity, you know. Oh my God. That's, especially if you went to school at QC, you know, like they. That's what they taught us, man. It's like life is out there, going and get it.
0: All right, guys, so we're going to have to stop our interview here for the moment, but I promise you it is to be continued. Please tune in next week for part two of the conversation. It really I mean, it only gets better from here. If you thought that was good, wait till you hear next week's episode. So until next time, take care.